Welcome to the Gore and More Podcast with your host TJ Bowser, Chad Chrisman, and Big Johnny D. We have such sights to tell you. What's up, everybody, and welcome to the Gormore Podcast. This is your host with the most, TJ Bowser, and joining me as always is your Dark Lord and Savior, Chad Chrisman. What's up, bitches? And Big Johnny D. What's going on, everybody? And also Jason Voorhees himself, Jason Brooks. Hey, guys, how you doing? Thanks for coming on, Jason. It's, it's a pleasure having such a good friend on and such an awesome actor. Oh, thank you very much for having me. So today is June 17th, and we are going to review The Fly. But before that, Chad, how was your week? It was all right, thanks. How was, uh, I mean, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, had a nice little weekend where we went up to the in-laws. We were supposed to have a nice little get-together with some of her family, but her cousin's kid got sick, so... It was just me and the in-laws, and there was like a ton of food that we have all left over. We had some nice smoked ribs and pork nice. roasts. Oh, God, I've got so much leftovers, I'm going to be eating it all week. <laughs> and yeah. then Father's Day. Father's Day was that. just, yeah, I love it. And yesterday was Father's Day. I didn't really do much of anything. We had to have the uh, damn repair guy show up for DirecTV. They had to replace the line going into our house. We all lost all our signal, but that's cool. I mean, we had the uh, protection plan, so that was covered. And then I sat there and played uh, Assassin's Creed uh, Odyssey which is a kick-ass game. I love it. And that was pretty much uh, all I did. Aside from that, I worked. Uh, what about you, Big John? Uh, well, I had a pretty fast week, uh, just nonstop working between the both houses. Um, but I did get a little relaxed time to sit down and uh, check out the new Radical Summer update on uh, Rocket League, which, if anybody has it, it is pretty sweet. And uh, yes, well, most know that I'm a huge Ghostbusters fan. I knew you finally it. get the I... fucking Ecto. Thank <laughs> fucking God. As soon as you mentioned that, part, as soon as you mentioned Rocket League, oh, I know. Going I knew it was going to come. I knew it. I, I expected <laughs> that. But honestly, I think the best part is the fact that every time you log in, you get to fucking rock out to Kenny Loggins every time. So, you know, that's a sweet little fucking update right there. Thanks. Now but, I'm going uh, to have to get that game now because of that. <laughs> and it's, uh, what is it? It's Party with the Boys, too, I believe is the song. So, you know, it's like perfect. But, uh, no, man, it's been a good, fast week. Wait, wait, that, that's not, that is, please tell me that's not the same song that played during the volleyball scene in Top Gun. <laughs> was it? I think so. I think so. That's, was that Danger Maybe? Zone? Maybe. No, 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 Danger Zone was the one they played. No, uh, Danger Zone was when they were, when they were doing, doing the montage, the, like yeah. the flying montage and shit. I'm thinking that's the same uh, one from that scene, if I remember correctly. I mean, it's been a long time since it, I've seen Top Gun, though. Yeah, I was going to say it's been a, probably a good 15 years for me. I'd have to definitely sit down and watch it. But uh, no, man, it's been a good, fast week, man. But other than that, uh, Mr. Brooks, how have you been, man? I've been good. I've been working a lot and did uh, a lot more Kickstarter packing and shipping and then celebrated a couple of birthdays with some friends. And then uh, I guess Father's Day yesterday was real fun with my kids. I took them out axe throwing. And, I saw uh, that. Yeah, I saw that. I'm sitting there watching him. Like, there is no way. If I threw double axes like that, there is almost 100 percent guaranteed they would collide in midair, and I'd look like a doofus. <laughs> yeah, you got to work your way up to double axe throwing. That, that was impressive. Love that was it. very impressive. Thank you. Thank you. I uh, TJ, did, how was your week, bud? Good. It's Friday. I did an, it, my first podcast of Rabbit Hole with Mick Strawn, and it turned out pretty good. Uh, for those of you who have listened to it, I think it 
was a pretty good first episode. Uh, Saturday, I recorded Jerk the Curtain with uh, Corey Kaufman and just kind of been working ever since. Father's Day, I had to work all day, but I did get to come home to the to Taryn. So that was cool. That's always good. Yes. And yeah, that's all. But nice. before we get into the review of 1986's The Fly, a message from our sponsors. Gormore is brought to you in part by A New Kind of Fear Customs. Friday the 13th inspired custom gaming controllers, hockey masks, action figures, and more. You can find them on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram and at anewkindoffear.com. Do you like photography on Friday the 13th? Then check out 13 Gallows Lane. You can find them on Facebook at Gallo Goes to Hell, Twitter and Instagram at 13 Gallows Lane, and on Patreon at Emily Helene. Warning, some content not safe for work. Do you like horror movies collecting and enamel pins? Then check out Creative Terror Pins. You can find them on Facebook and Instagram and at creativeterrorpins.com. And we are back with a review of 1986's The Fly, directed by David Cronenberg, written by Charles Edward Pogue and David Cronenberg, produced by Stuart Cornfield, starring the one and only Jeff Goldblum as Seth Brundle. How do you say this one? Gina? Yeah, Gina, Gina Davis. Davis as Veronica. Yep. Or Ronnie. Uh, how do you see the hell that last name? Is it Quaif? Quaif. I, I don't really We'll call her Quaif. John Getz as John Getz as Stathis Borens. I, I I murdered that. Joy Bushel Bushel as Tawny Leslie Carlson as Dr. Brent Cheevers. George Chavallo as Marky and David Cronenberg as the gynecologist. Music by <laughs> Howard Shore, cinematography by Mark Irwin. Edited by Ronald Sanders, distributed by 20th Century Fox, released August 15th, 1986, runtime of 96 minutes, a budget of 15 mil, and it grossed just over 60 million. It's time for the trailer of The Fly. Oh, I really hope this has some Goldberg. 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 Goldbloom. <laughs> like you're jerking the tur- curtain say, too much. I am. I am jerking the curtain. <laughs> I think you're making a mistake. I think you really want to talk to me. Sorry, I have three other interviews to do before this party's over. Yeah, but they're not working on something that'll change the world as we know it. They say they are. Yeah, but they're lying. There is a limit, even to the imagination. Human teleportation, molecular decimation, breakdown, and reformation is inherently purging. Where our greatest creations meet our deepest fears. Something went wrong, Seth. When you went through, something went wrong. You are about to go beyond that limit. hairs that were growing out of your back I, I had them analyzed but they were definitely not human if you saw how scared and angry and desperate he i'm sure typhoid mary was a very nice person too when you saw her socially no you're afraid to be destroyed and recreated aren't you you're changing seth everything about you is changing oh no what's happening to me am i dying i want to know what's going on what does the disease want? It wants to turn me into something else. Oh, no. A fly got into the transmitter pod with me that first time when I was alone. Don't go back to it. It could be contagious. Uh, I'm afraid. Don't be afraid. No. Be afraid. Be very afraid. Ah! 
Dranscock, give us that plot rundown. Okay. <laughs> so, you didn't actually send it to me, did you? I'll just read from this. Wait, um, do you not have the show notes, John Dranscock? You never sent them to me, dude. I don't. Shit. I don't have his address. I never sent. Oh, that's why I was forwarded to you. I don't have his. Ad- I'll what's your me- What's your email address, John? Jdran eighty five at gmail dot com. Is it the Ghostbusters? And now I'm gonna get tons of fucking email. No, no, no we'll, we'll edit this out of the show. Don't worry. <laughs> no, I'm gonna oh, keep it in the show. Uh, is that your Ghostbusters one? <laughs> no, that's not. My, that's just my normal one. I don't have a Ghostbusters. Oh well, what the hell is JDC? Ghost, ghosty, Ghostbuster. J no J D R A N. Jdran85. Oh, I have it already. <laughs> I was say, you should have it. Oh, you got it sent to you. Okay, Chad, just read it. <laughs> okay, Seth Brundle, played by Jeff Goldblum, is a research scientist employed by Bartok Sciences who has invented telepods, two matter transmission pods that teleport any object through space from one telepod to the other telepod. But it isn't till Seth meets journalist Veronica Queef, <laughs> who inspired Seth, to so correct, hot. I had to. So I had hot. to. Who, who inspires <laughs> Seth to correct the system uh, that Seth achieves successful teleportation? But something goes horribly wrong when Seth uses himself as a guinea pig, a matter transmission experiment, as he teleports himself, unaware his genes have been fused with a housefly that was trapped in a telepod with him. Seth now finds himself slowly transforming into a terrifying mutant creature known as Brundlefly <laughs> as he finds himself in a fierce battle as his mutated genes begin to take over. Sounds like a Ninja Turtles villain. <laughs> there was one. That, yes. Um, Stockman. Baxter Stockman, yeah. Yes. <laughs> so what do you guys think of the movie? Well, I personally loved it. Obviously, it was my choice, but <laughs> I want to know what you guys think of the movie. Uh, why don't we let Mr. Brooks uh, begin? He's the guest. He should get to talk first. Oh, yeah, sure. I I think it's phenomenal. I mean, I, I haven't seen it in oh since the 80s when it came out. And so for this, I kind of rewatched it and um, and forgot about how how amazing the special effects were, like the makeup and everything. Yeah, um, I'm a very visual guy. And and just the, the visual horror of the whole thing and the transformation is um, just awesome. So. I love it. Awesome. Uh, Dransco- uh, Dranscock, you, you love it. So what about Chad? I freaking absolutely love this movie. I always have ever since I was a kid. And I actually, I can remember the very first time I saw it. Uh, I think my sister was at a dance. Okay. And my mom was working. So it was just me and my dad. And he rented this. And I remember we watched this and Night of the Living Dead the same night. That was my first time seeing nice. them both. And I loved both of them ever since. This movie is just so fantastic. It's it's got a minimal cast, but they do so much with it, and it really just makes you care about the characters. I think because of that, because there's so few people that are kind of uh, ancillary characters, you got, uh, and it's it's a really tragic story. I love it. It's always been one of my favorites, and uh, like Jason Brooks said, it's the makeup is fantastic, and it actually won an Oscar. This is our first Oscar-winning movie, I believe. The Burning didn't win any Oscars. Best picture. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I love the film. I think it's very, very good. Goldblum, excellent actor. Uh, that girl from Beetlejuice. Uh, she's okay. Gina Davis. Gina. The girl from Beetlejuice. <laughs> <laughs> what else is she in? That's fair. Uh, she was in. She was in a couple movies before. <laughs> can't even she, what was the one, wasn't she in? A, she was in one where she was a witch. What the hell was that? Was it? No, that was we just uh, share. Um, 
I don't know. There's a couple other ones, but you're right, dude. She's the chicken Beetlejuice. Yeah. Like that's fine. <laughs> you could put Beetlejuice in the fly. We'll we'll at least add those two. Those are probably her two biggest ones. Yeah. Uh, he's 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 looking up now. If you if you don't mind, uh, I'll at least throw in how I do fully feel about the movie. She was though. in the Stuart Definitely. Little movies. Uh, there we go. There's some notoriety. What was that? She's in the Stuart Little movies. There, there we go. Oh, there you go. Yep. <laughs> But no, man, I mean, like you guys said, like this movie, this is mid 80s. The effects were just amazing. This is actually one of the movies, and I hope I'm not feeling this from like Chad's notes. or But uh, I'm pretty sure when the movie ends, the director, not the cast, the first person on the credits is actually the effects. Guy, yep. That which is, is my, fucking yep, awesome. Yep, That's in my notes. I'll get to that. Way to go. You blew it. <laughs> no, 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 I mean, that's just one of my, right. I know we're jumping all over again. God damn it. <laughs> Anyways. Um, no, but like, dude, that's one of the reasons why I personally love the movie. I mean, dude, I, I've always been trying to get into make my own effects. I got, got a buddy, uh, Ryan major. We've done haunted houses for fucking years, man. And we just get crazier and crazier with it. And so just from that aspect of it, like, I I loved it. It was a great story. It was a sad story. Mm-hmm. Um, and like you said, with a minimal cast, it was done great. Like you know what I mean. Like good set locations, everything, like, hands down. Okay, yeah, I, I this film looked amazing. I'm not gonna be like, oh, it's my favorite uh, cinematography in a movie, but I'll tell you what, it looks pretty good. Yeah, it's it's a Cronenberg film. How can you hate it? He, the man's a genius. Yeah. Uh. I have a question for you, Johnny. And one of these times we review a movie, can you talk like Jeff from Fast Times at Regimont High the entire time? Uh, that w- I would have to actually watch it, dude. I haven't watched that since I'm a fucking oh. kid. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking about that today when you were talking. I could, Some of the stuff you say, I, I like, could this would be really funny if you did this. Probably talk like, um, oh, what the fuck from uh, Night of the Demon there. <laughs> what's up dude <laughs> dude asses <laughs> what is his name what? oh yeah what, 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 was, what was his Stooge, name wasn't it Stooge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> i should cosplay him down at fucking steel city man fucking uh, <laughs> do it. underwear and all dude just Fuck get the Freddy fucking mullet Jason. <laughs> just dude no i put way too much work into that one too i do both <laughs> do both <laughs> Uh, so chat, where do we go from here? Uh, behind the scenes, hit them notes. I got a lot. Okay. Like I've got like four pages of notes, which, which is very unusual for me. I, I usually do like what one or two pages, and there's just so much stuff on this movie to go through. A lot of cool stuff. Well, let us have it. Okay, well, this is probably the biggest movie we've done so far, right? Oh yeah, this 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 may I mean, be like, the biggest movie we're gonna do for besides uh, the crow. Yeah, and and I don't want to reveal too much. I know we have some big ones coming up that we don't want to talk about yet. There's one that's possibly bigger than right. this. Uh, you guys probably know what I'm oh, talking about. Oh, for sure. For that's, sure. That's even more famous than this. Okay, so um, just a little thing that I noticed was that the, the composer, Howard Shore, went on to do the scores for all of the Lord of the Rings and Hobbit movies. So he's one. Oh, he made he made the uh, the score for the mu- uh, the movies about walking. Yeah, that's really cool. <laughs> but he won Oscars for those. So <laughs> so he wanted to do even better things than the, than the, this. Yeah. Um, uh, and it started the famous line: "Be afraid, be very afraid." 
Oh, okay. Which has been used over and over and over again, which from what I've, I, and I don't have this written down, but that was actually thought up by Mel Brooks. Of course. Which, of course, I have notes about hmm. Mel Brooks be, being one of the producers. Uh, Martin, Martin Scorsese once told that David Cronenberg told him that he looked like a Beverly Hills plastic surgeon. And so that's <laughs> that's what kind of half convinced him to do the gynecologist cameo. And Gina Davis kind of talked him into what it. What are too. other Cronenberg notable films? There's Videodrome. There's uh, oh, what's the what's the one about the twins? Is it Dead Ringers? No. Uh, shit. No. You keep talking, and I'll look this shit up. Uh, he played Doctor Decker in Nightbreed. Oh, that's all you need to say. He's won me over. Uh, he was. Yep. He was the 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 um the doctor at the beginning of Jason X. Oh no that? shit! Uh, yeah. Oh, wasn't yeah, he no, the center? He was a. Senator. <laughs> he was a senator. Senator? I thought he was a senator. He wasn't a doctor. Oh, no, no. He was like the second head psychiatrist. <laughs> oh, I was going to say, there's that dude who got like spear, who got the spear in his chest in Jason X. I thought That's like that was yeah. him. That, I thought yeah. he was. He wasn't like a senator. Plain. He was like the doctor, the head, whatever Speaking it was. Speaking of Deckard and Nightbreed, oh, I threw on Nightbreed this morning and it scared the shit out of Sarah when Deckard killed that, fa- that family at the beginning. Dude, that was such a good movie. It's so brutal. I just watched that a couple weeks ago. I really wish that whoever was trying to make that ultimate cut yeah. didn't run into legal problems. And then the, we would have ended up with that three and a half hour cut. Yeah. Well, the cable Holy cut. Shit. The cable cut. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. The cabal cut. Yeah. Um. So, yeah. Where was I? Um. So, yeah. Uh. There was a scene that was scripted that not felt that wasn't filmed. Um. Actually, what, let me get to this. Uh. There is a very famous deleted scene where Brundle fuses the surviving baboon with a cat and makes this hideous monstrosity that's a fusion between the two, and he ends up putting it out of its misery and beating it to death with a lead pipe. They actually cut that. <laughs> oh, that would have been fucking awesome. It's on the deleted, yeah. scenes, on a, it's on the deleted scenes on a DVD. So yeah, you can, still, you can see it. Uh, they cut it you can see it on YouTube, too. Yeah, and they cut it from the movie because <laughs> test audiences YouTube. hated it. Uh, they cut it because uh, they said once you... Uh, once you basically beat an animal to death, whether it's whether it's a mutated monster or not, you, the audience loses sympathy with the main character. So they cut it out for that. And then I guess there was another scene that was sure to take place right after that, where a uh, homeless woman walks up on uh, Seth Brundle as he's uh, afterwards. He's like feeding out of a dumpster and she screams and he walks over and melts her face off with this acid and then eats her. Oh, which would have been a really cool scene but they cut they didn't even film it so uh going back to what Dranscock said the first name mentioned in the credits <laughs> is uh is uh chris wallace as the uh creator and designer of the fly after the first test audience uh, saw it they cheered seeing his name uh after that producer Stuart cornfeld looked at him and said you're getting the oscar and of oh. course he did so that was very, very, very clever putting his name first. It got a lot of uh, a lot of fame for that. Um, Mel Brooks didn't want people to know that he was a producer on the film because he was afraid that people wouldn't think uh, wouldn't take the film seriously. Mel Brooks, you know, Spaceballs, Young Frankenstein, Young Frankenstein. Yeah. So uh, he, he didn't uh, promote it as much uh, that he was a producer. But once people found out, he like totally dove into it and gave out, handed out like little the, the little dealy bobbers at the movie's premiere. Yeah, those the little fuck antennas. Is a dealy bobber. Those little things you wear in your head that has like little antennas and shit. Oh, okay. 
So yeah. <laughs> After that, he embraced it, and you know it was all cool. You know, I didn't even know Mo Brooks was a producer for this until recently. Like I knew going into this, but before that, I didn't know. Um, uh, said Cronenberg was actually ter- personally terrified of that baboons. He said they're they're very intelligent, but they're still wild animals. He didn't really like them. Uh, and actually, it was Jeff Goldblum that kind of kept them in check. They uh, because of his tall, muscular stature. I mean, he worked out. going into the movie and they kind of identified with him as the alpha so he kind of kept them a little bit more docile they were more alpha alpha of us all (laughs) (laughs) right it's gold boom (laughs) he just gave him that fucking crazy eye look he gave gina davis in the first two minutes dude and she was i mean fuck it worked on her okay so better better shirtless scene for gold bloom this or jurassic park (laughs) oh that's hard uh wait 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 well, dude, he's like shirtless in this whole fucking movie, yeah, though, honestly. Yeah, he is. <laughs> but he definitely, uh, he, I would go for this but one, the, you know, the six pack and everything. The Jurassic Park is definitely a more of a surprise central shot. You're like, oh, <laughs> Jack Goldblum. <laughs> you got that whole bearskin rug thing going on in Jurassic Park. I, I, right? love, yeah. I love that gift that I shared the other day where it's him laying there shirtless and he's breathing right. and, uh, What's his name is uh, leaning on him like he was leaning he's on the <laughs> Love it. I laughed so hard when I saw that. Um, Michael Keaton was offered the role of, Je- of uh, Seth Brundle, but he declined it. You blew it! Uh, continue. Come on, man. He was Batman after that. I think he went. Uh, I think he well, went. Well, he up. was Beetlejuice uh, a year, two years after this. When was, mm-hmm. Beetlejuice was 88. Yeah. Beetlejuice was eight. Was it 88? 88. Yeah, and Batman was 87, and then yeah. Batman was 89. Okay, no, no. And now he's Vulture, right? Which was another fantastic performance. Yes. Yeah, that was a good movie. Did Val Kilmer have a stroke, speaking of Batmans? Did he have a stroke? Why? I, I thought I saw something about Val Kilmer having a stroke the other day. Like, recently? I don't know. I have no idea, but after hearing uh, the Adam Marcus interview, yeah. I could care less about Bro. Val Kilmer. <laughs> like, fuck that guy. Yeah, I was going to say the same thing. Be like, you know what? My eyes have kind of been open to that. Right? <laughs> Holy shit. I've heard a lot. Of, I've Thank read you. a lot of things. Thank you, Mr. Marcus, for that. <laughs> that was a great interview. I love that. So um, uh, the inspiration for the design of the telepods actually came from the shape of the cylinder on Cronenberg's Ducati motorcycle. Oh, okay. I thought that was kind of cool. Uh, uh, he actually originally turned down the film due to scheduling conflicts with Total Recall. He was originally supposed to film Total Recall with producer Dina, Dino De Laurentiis. Uh, apparently those two had a complete falling out couldn't come to uh, terms they had over creative differences so uh, when he dropped out of that he decided he could do the fly meanwhile when he was supposed to be doing Total Recall they signed um, director Robert Bierman to do the fly but he had to pull out because of the death of his daughter which is an unfortunate tragedy and uh, actually to this day he still hasn't seen the fly because it reminds him too much of. Like that time. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it brings up bad memories for him. He, he, and he didn't want it to compromise his vision for the film. So he just completely ignores it to, to this day. Uh, poor guy. Um, they actually made this into an opera. Into it's a, it's a two act opera based on the movie. It's uh, it was made in 2008. Uh, David Cronenberg actually directed the opera. And uh, Howard Shore composed the music. And the lyrics were made by David Henry Huang, who did the <laughs> lyrics for M. Butterfly. Huang. Huang. <laughs> I don't know if I'd want to watch this in opera setting or not. I'd be, uh, I mean, it'd probably be if I was going to be dragged to the opera, that'd be like 
Well, if I was going to go see The Fly, that'd be the one, I guess. And aren't, and aren't operas generally known to be a bit of a tragedy anyway? So it kind of yeah, it kind of fits the theme of an opera anyway. To to All, although sidebar on that, not saying I wouldn't because I did go to New York to see Evil Dead the musical twice. Nice, and that was fucking awesome. But we'll digress from that. I, I've I've listened to the soundtrack to the musical. I love that. That is it was great. It was a Beetlejuice musical. Yeah, they just came. Dude, up the that. second time, me, my buddy Brian and Zach, we were all in the fucking splatter zone in the you, first nice. two rows where they actually like hose you down with blood and shit. It's nice. fucking great. Did you wear all white? Oh, you had to, man. And then my buddy, <laughs> he actually bought a shirt because they sell white shirts where, you know, obviously you could be up there. Mm-hmm. And there was one of the stagehands who had a fucking three fingered hand. So he grabbed a bunch of blood off the stain and put it right in the middle of his fucking shirt. So it was just <laughs> weird fucking like three fingered nub hand print on his. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just one of those things you'll never fucking forget, dude. You're just like. When you, said he had a, when you said he had a three-fingered hand, I'm like, wait, did he really have one? Or was that like a prosthetic? But it was a real thing. <laughs> it was a spark. Yeah, dude. I, I couldn't remember. He explained to us why he lost his fingers, but we were drinking and shit. So like we weren't really fucking paying attention because we were just like, holy fuck, dude, your hand looks fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> Way to not pay attention, not to draw attention to it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, they were, dude, they were handing out shots called fucking the Necronomicon and they were fucking tasting good. So, you know. <laughs> but anyways back to all the right fun. yeah continuing on uh linda hamilton was actually cronenberg's first choice for veronica but she was so disturbed by the script uh that she turned it down particularly the uh, maggot birth scene that really grossed her out so she turned it down okay but uh, apparently oh, he, he really awesome. loved the terminator so he offered the role to her and she declined uh this was actually the first theatrical film to have its tv premiere on the fox network hmm. uh mel gibson was considered for the role of brundle but he turned it down to do lethal weapon Thank God. I love Lethal Weapon. I love Thank. I love um, Thanks. Thankfully. Oh, 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 okay. I see what yeah, you mean. Yeah, God. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I thought you're thinking. I thought you meant. What if what if you got Jeff Goldblum in Lethal yeah, Weapon? Yeah, that's what I was about to say. Like, think of that. That'd be a crazy fucking alternate reality right there. <laughs> <laughs> we gotta get going, Danny Glover. Okay, let's get going, baby. Oh God, can you just, can you just imagine him going on one of Mel of Mel Gibson's rants? But he's doing it like uh, like he was in this movie, just going nonstop, fast, fast, fast. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was loosely based on uh, a 1957 short story of the same name that was also the uh, the original Fly From movie. Playboy? From Playboy. There, there was a Fly uh, short story yep. released in Playboy. Yep, that would be it. Nice. Really? Yes. Yep. That's awesome. I didn't know that. I think there's another... I want to say there's another one that was made into a famous movie, too, that was a short story in Playboy, but I'm, I'm drawing a blank on it right now. Uh, Have the, you guys seen all the original... <laughs> I did once when I was a kid. I have not. But that was after I seen this one. So uh, I was kind of more in favor right. of the remake. This this is one of the movies, those rare movies where the remake is considered at least as good, if not better than the original. Nice. Yeah, because I mean, like I've seen the original when I was a kid around the probably I think I did see this one first, too. I mean, the original was cool for what it was because, you know, it had Vincent Price and shit, but it was entirely a different movie besides just the general concept of it. But it did have a really good special effects, like it's too. Good. Yeah, it's still good. I, yeah. I would suggest watching it if you don't mind watching, like, 50 sci-fi and oh, shit yeah, like definitely. that. Like, it's definitely. definitely a sweet watch. Yeah, yeah it was I, pretty good. And especially at the end with the uh, spider web and... The help me, help oh, me. The head swap. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm so happy they kept that line in this, too. Like, that was just a nice nod to the original. I mean, unless that was in the story. I mean, I didn't, 
I've never actually read the original stories. I, I haven't. Uh, the, the, another, another note. I didn't write this down, but I did find this in the notes that, uh, that they did include that line in this, but it was, uh, like not as comedic, I guess when, uh, they filmed the original scene back in the original movie, they had to retake it so many times because Vincent Price couldn't quit laughing. <laughs> <laughs> which line was that the 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 end line with the the little fly caught in the web you know was going help me help me <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. where it was just his head on the body of the fly and yeah. the, the, the rock and squishes it <laughs> that's awesome fucking great like as a kid though that was like a, such a crazy ending you were just like oh holy shit yeah but <laughs> but so there are seven stages to the transformation uh, there's stage one and two, which is ha- has like a uh, subtle rash and little lesions on the skin and tiny little hairs. Uh, there's stage three and four A. OK, uh, this, that stage has prosthetics on the face, uh, bald spots and in the in the in the um, in the wig. And he has crooked prosthetic teeth. Uh, stage four B was a, a deleted monkey cat scene where he has a full foam latex body prosthetic. Stage five is a different full body suit which has more exaggerated deformities, distorted contacts to make his one eye look bigger, which I didn't even notice until they pointed that out. And then I'm like, oh, yeah, it does look bigger. Stage That's six. That's what she said. Uh, <laughs> stole my bit, man. Uh, stage six Sorry. was the uh, the final Brundlefly creature that they uh, nicknamed Spacebug on set. Nice. And stage seven was the fused Brundlefly telepod that they dubbed Brundlebooth and finally Brundlefing. So I didn't realize there was that many stages into it, but looking at it, it's like, wow, cool. Um, well, yeah, I mean, you could see it if, now that you've mentioned it. Now you could definitely see it if you rewatched it, though. Like almost every time she goes back to him, he's in a new stage. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The many faces of Brundlefly continue. Uh, Gina Davis's reaction to his ear falling off was genuine. She didn't know that was going to happen. <laughs> and Cronenberg liked it, liked her reaction so much. He kept it in the film. So first take, she was really grossed out, and he's like, boom, that's it. Do you have any stories about that, Jason? Real about rea- an ear falling off? No, real reactions. Oh, oh yeah, we've got some real reactions. Okay. In our in vengeance? Yeah. Oh, man. Um, <laughs> you have to come back to me on that. I have to think of you. But, okay. Or I, I don't even know if I can say any right now because of spoilers. So. Oh, okay. Understandable. But, yeah, you'll see some. You'll see some, but we know there's some legitimate ones there, though. So that's absolutely, yeah. I think in Jason X, when the blood sprays up on the girl, uh, right after they get done, uh, well, start the bang. That's a real reaction. Well, I think the most famous real reaction in any movie is uh, Alien, the chestburster scene. Oh, okay, yeah, (laughs) yeah. They didn't know that was going to happen, did they? Not, not to that extent. No, they knew something was going to (laughs) happen. They knew something was going to happen, and then he came in and uh, the blood splatters and hits Veronica Cartwright right in the face. Oh, didn't she fall? I think she like fell backwards over something. Whenever that happens, probably. Yeah, I, I I don't. I, I would say probably. I'd get just about anybody. Um, Oh yeah, on Vengeance, we had uh, our special effects guy. He has a blood cannon. That we used for, uh, which is just fucking cool to have a blood cannon. <laughs> I just like the name of it, blood cannon. Right. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I think he, he has a sticker on He named it the phlebotomist. But um, <laughs> <laughs> we, uh, yeah, you know, I got shot with that thing a hundred times from different takes and different things like that. But all, sometimes um, some of the actors, actresses also got shot with it. Sometimes there's misfires. 
but there's definitely some real reactions from uh, being shot in the face with a blood cannon. <laughs> That's awesome. So, very nice. <laughs> very cool. Awesome. Um, James Woods turned down the role of Seth Brundle, as did Richard Dreyfus. God damn yeah, it, Dreyfus. They wanted everybody except for him. Except yeah, for Goldblum. <laughs> well, was this was one of Goldblum's like first big movies though, wasn't it? Yeah, he did like a uh no, he did um uh Invasion I mean, he of the Body like, Snatchers. Girls are easy, but was that really like big? Like I mean like Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Oh. He was in that. His first movie was oh. 1974's Death Wish as Freak Number One. <laughs> freak Number One. Very cool. Sweet. Uh, yeah, Invasion of the Body Snatchers was 1978. He's done quite a few films. Yeah, he's before that. okay. Um, he won a Saturn Award for Best Actor for this film. Oh yeah, this, this movie won a lot of awards. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a scene filmed but cut where Brundle eats Stathis's severed foot after melting it off. Oh yeah. Why do they cut this yeah. stuff out? <laughs> I want to see not that. only that, dude, but didn't they? They had it where like he actually like fucking pulled out his tongue and like sucked it all up or something, didn't he? Yeah. Oh, dude, that's so oh, god damn it. They had a way sweeter cut of this movie. <laughs> I know. And they, they and, and that's that leads into this. And I'm glad they cut this. There were actually four different endings that were filmed that were like happier endings. Uh two of them. Uh, yeah, they, they're not I've seen some of them. They're not worth it. Uh two of them uh two were filmed where Veronica dreams of her unborn child as a baby with butterfly wings. <laughs> and it, I've I've seen it. It looks really stupid and cheesy. Uh, yeah. It, uh, the, I don't think the effects were finished. Um, in one of them, she wakes up and is revealed she's still pregnant. And the other is kind of her pregnancy is kind of left open in the air. Oh. It doesn't say whether the baby was surviving or not. Uh, then there were two other film, two other endings filmed where she has a nightmare and she's confronted by or comforted by Stathis. So she ends up with Stathis in the end in these versions. And in oh, one, that's right. In one version, she he tells her the baby's his. And the other, he tells her the baby died. Okay. Damn. Yeah. And um, after he says it's dead, apparently Jeff Goldblum hated that ending. He didn't think it was right fair that she ended up with Stathis. He hated it. And it didn't test well with audiences, so they were scrapped. And uh, the producer, Kornfeld, even said, once your hero's dead, your movie's over. Oh. So that's why they ended it the way they did. Okay. Now this. This is really cool. Okay, so the moaning hand effect was created by sculpting the mutilated hand, the stump. And then they built a hand out of gelatin over top of it. And then they melted it with stage lights and a hairdryer. They completely recreated the effect of the, the one Nazi dying ah, in uh, Indiana Jones, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that was the same effect. They pretty much recreated that. And here's the interesting thing is the, the melting hand, the, the stub that was left, they actually turned it into a lamp. <laughs> and it sat in Chris Wallace's That would be the uh, sweetest lamp ever. Right. And it sat yeah. in Chris Wallace's office for the longest time and then it ended up uh in Bob Burns's collection. I don't know if you know guys know who Bob Burns is. Uh he has a very famous he famously collected different things. Um the Alien Queen. The reason oh, okay. that that the Alien Queen that's in Alien Resurrection, that is the original Alien Queen uh costume from Aliens. And it only survived because he found it in a dumpster after they were done filming Aliens. Cool. Oh, no shit. Yeah, nice little thing. But he's, I mean, there used to be this show on the Sci-Fi Channel back when it was the Sci-Fi Channel instead of Sci-Fi. It was called the Sci-Fi Buzz. Uh-huh. And every episode, they had this segment called Bob's Basement, where they'd just go into his basement, and he would just show off all these awesome props that he had. The dude had a freaking museum, I swear to God. So, yeah, it's, a, it's in his collection. And I'm, I almost want to think he died not too long ago. Let me look real quick. 
Dibs. Dibs on the lamp. Dibs on the lamp. <laughs> That'd be awesome. I'm gonna fucking make a stump lamp. That's the same guy. That is not him. Okay. Uh, the Bob Burns I looked up is the drummer for Skinner, so um, yeah, that's, that's not him. That's not him. So the real Bob Burns that I'm thinking of could be alive. But yeah, that's a lot of my behind-the-scenes stuff, and there's a lot more... A lot of other stuff that I didn't write down. Way to go, Chad. So... Uh, I had to pick and choose. There was so much to do. Dude, that was... Like I, hey, I can sit here and talk for like notes, hours. Bro. Yeah, thanks. But I can sit here and talk for hours about a lot of behind the scenes stuff that isn't listed. And uh, do you know another try? This is kind of Cronenberg's trademark. Is this con- this is considered? Uh, they call it body horror. Okay. Where the human okay. body just goes through all these different transformations, and that's kind of his thing. He did it with a bunch of his other movies. So that's kind of what he's known for is doing body horror movies. He himself doesn't consider this a horror movie. You want to know something truly scary? Imagine Rosie O'Donnell naked. I. Uh, Ugh. <laughs> Why would you do that? <laughs> Nightmares all week, bro. Jesus Christ. I, I have a feeling her naked would look a lot like Brundlefly before she ripped his jaw off. Ah. Uh, that 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 that's how I see Rosie O'Donnell. It's, but it's a Ziploc bag full of cottage cheese. That's what, oh. <laughs> anyway, Johnny D, what's your big question for this flick, buddy? All right. So I got two. One's kind of funny and one's actually, you know, like the legit, ugly, legit question. So the funny one was, do you all think, because I'm pretty sure Davis and Goldblum were married during this? They were dating. Or at least they weren't married, married, but they were dating. Okay. Y'all think they were really fucking on scene, like in hiding it from cameras? Let me just poke it in. Like when they're riding on the couch, he was just like, yo, let me just slide it in just a little bit. I feel like that wasn't intense enough for a real Goldblum yeah, that's, sex scene. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. That That's... <laughs> That's very tame because Goldblum is like you never know though. But like Goldblum, that's why he's trying to be like you know. Now he wouldn't give a shit, dude. If you could do like 2019 Goldblum, man. Oh yeah, he wouldn't give a fuck. But 1980, 1986 Goldblum, man. But uh, oh no. So the real question would be like, where the hell was he getting all the fucking baboons from? Right. <laughs> where does it? What's oh. his monkey supplier? <laughs> Right, like I know his company. He said, you know, like his com- he his company pays like for whatever the fuck he wants because he doesn't like bring in a lot of money. Yeah, but where the fuck do you get a ready supply of baboons? <laughs> <laughs> like, that's what I want to know, dude. Like, wait a minute. He just pulls up with another one. He's like, oh yeah, it's his brother. It's like, wait a minute. What you got a fuck? fucking bat cage back there, just like fucking family full. I'm like, holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> That's a very good question. Chad, do you have any idea where they would find a ready supply of baboons? I that's I don't know. That's that's a good question. Where would you find a baboon? I mean This is I mean, you you that's anything. gotta be some money pole right there. That is a very good question. Where the hell would you buy why would you want to buy imagine a baboon? Bab- I, I can't imagine baboons come cheap, you know what I mean? Yeah, and why would you like what? Why would you, <laughs> a really? Good, why would you use a baboon? Just, you know, people give cats away. Just use a cat, yeah. right? He fucking lives in a goddamn like a uh, torn down building in the back, dude. He's in the alleyways and shit. <laughs> he could easily find cats and dogs, anything, dude. Like that should just be a whole movie of in and of itself. Just Goldblum going around and buying baboons. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, instead of Mr. Poplar's penguins, it's Mr. Brundle's baboon. Mr. Brundle's baboon. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Mr. Brundlefly. So, uh, douche of the movie. Stathis. Yeah, I agree. The whole thing happened because yeah. of him. Hands down. It, it was the whole thing with him uh, where he sent the magazine uh-huh. over there and she saw it and she's like, oh, I have to go for a few hours. And then he gets drunk and runs himself through the what teleporter. Dick. Yeah. So it's all Stathis' fault. Way to go, Stathis. Uh, Not to mention like their exes and he keeps throwing out like, I don't know, every 30 minutes like, hey. Can I still see you naked? Yeah, like how creepy was this guy? <laughs> he like tracks, he like stalks her into the fucking clothing store and just like freaks out on her and starts yelling oh, at her. Oh, because she's buying the jacket. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, whatever it takes, man. <laughs> whatever it takes. And he's like, oh, you only like him for his big cock. <laughs> <laughs> I, think was, I think that was his exact That's line. That's dude. It was. I laughed so hard because like, Dude, you don't hear the word cock in a movie that often. So the way he just fucking delivered it was great. Like, yes. So the I know way he delivered the cock funny, was but... the best, is, is what you're saying. Yes, yes. yes. The way he delivered the cock was okay. the best. <laughs> that is right. That was a great line. Uh, By the way, I have to add that my, my, I actually made my wife sit and watch this with me. <laughs> I'm like, at the end, I'm like, so what'd you think of it? She looked at me, he's like, you guys watch some really weird stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Like, oh, so you didn't like it? She's like, no, it was good, but you guys watched some weird shit. Well, yeah. Uh, and this isn't even really out that out there. No, compared to like what we this could is pretty watch. tame compared to it. it. Like, it wasn't even overly gory or anything. Like, could you imagine? If she, no, I dead alive. Ooh. Oh God. <laughs> Make her do it. The whole thing. I was gonna say, can you imagine if she watched Night of the Demons? But she actually has watched Night of the Demons with me. Oh. Back when we first go. started dating, that, that was the first time I watched it. We watched it together. That's how you knew she was the one. That's right? how I knew she was the one. <laughs> She's got to watch Night she of the Demons. Through, she sat through Night of the Demons and didn't run away from me. Actually, so. I think how I knew she was the one is that she actually loves sitting there watching me play the Fallout games. Oh, there you go. Winner, winner, chicken she dinner. Loves nice. She loves watching Fallout. Okay. It's like, all right, sweet. <laughs> so uh, questions, questions, Chad. Uh, our, uh, we start with favorite kill. There was no kills. The only death was Brundle, actually. I really like the melting hands. Lies. Thing. Lies. What? I'm going to give you right now. My favorite kill, Baboon. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah, I guess. Uh, okay, yeah. Since it, since... Inside out Baboon? Yeah. <laughs> it, wasn't, it wasn't an intentional kill. I'll give you that. But it was still... I mean, even Stathis, or Stathis, whatever Stathis, the fuck his name is, he didn't die at whatever. the end. So technically, the <laughs> Baboon was the only one that died. No, Stathis is actually in the sequel. That's so oh, it, man, I haven't seen the sequel since I've been a kid either, dude. Like, I, I, I haven't seen it in a long time, but I remember it was actually pretty good. Okay. I just remember like a really fucked up mutilated dog in it, I believe. Yeah. <laughs> was, like friends with it or something like that. Yeah, because yeah, they're trying to recreate it. Uh, that, that, by the way... um. I didn't put this in my notes, but I should have. There was originally going to be a sequel that it wasn't uh, like the one we got. What they were going to do was um, uh, Brundle's consciousness actually survived in the computer. And uh, Bartok Industries was trying to remake the teleporter um, experiment, get it to work. And they were basically made a slave out of his consciousness. And um, Gina Davis was catches wind of this and eventually by the end of the movie what they were gonna do is gonna what they were going to recreate 
Brundle using a um, the original his original genetic sequence before it fused, so he would have come back as human, and it would have been not until the very end. And Goldblum didn't want to do it because he didn't want to do just basically a cameo. But I think that would have been a really cool movie. What an asshole! Uh, I mean, he is still in the second one, but it was just uh, I think it was like unused video from the first one, I believe. Pretty much, yeah. That sucks. I mean, we did get Eric Stoltz in the sequel. That wasn't bad. Is Eric Stoltz? It was, yeah, because like, what, what was it? Um, he he like aged really fast or something. Yeah, didn't it? like yeah. that was the whole his old situation. Yeah, and he was really, really super smart. Like he was like ultra genius level smart. Oh, but he was... turned into like some uber brumble fly at the end, dude. Like, wasn't he way more fucking diesel or something? Yeah, like he sprayed acid in people's faces and had like six arms and everything. He looked really cool. Like, I, I remember. Yeah, it was a really cool effect. Uh, and by the way, there are deleted scenes in this movie, too, by the way, where uh, Brundle actually grew extra insect limbs and he would rip them off. No shit. Yeah, so he he, he would have had six arms, but he, he actually pulled them off. I remember that being one of the scenes. Um, so, yeah, that's uh, the uh, the inside out baboon is probably about the only death that we saw aside from Brundlefly. OK, uh, next Next question, best scene. Uh, whenever he becomes the fly. The the very final scene where he, the the fly head comes out of yes. his head. That was pretty cool. Yeah. I think that was very well done. Yeah, I think, yeah. And then he starts to pull her into the, yeah. into the um, machine. And yeah, the whole scene was good. I think, I think my favorite scene was the hand melting. That That always stood out in my mind. Even from my first viewing, I was like, wow, that's really gruesome. That's really well done. Dude, that was, yeah, that was pretty dope. Yeah, that was, that was always, I think my favorite was, uh, when he was transforming in the mirror, when he was like really first, like checking his shit out, dude, and like pulling his nails off and squirting his finger on the glass and shit. Like, I don't know. You just really saw like how fucking nasty the shit was getting and how fast. Yeah. And like, I don't know about you guys, but, with me, nails is always a thing. And anytime I see anything with fucking nails in horror movies, dude, that's like the one thing that'll make me kind of fucking shudder. And I will say Texas Chainsaw is like the one that hands down will fucking always do it to me. But <laughs> no, fucking not to mention, like my wife got super queasy when that fucking pus squirted all out on the fucking mirror. So I was kind of uh... laughing at that too. <laughs> that reminded me, I actually forgot to, this is in my notes and I forgot to mention it, that, uh, some critics see the film as a metaphor for the AIDS virus because one of the stages of AIDS is uh, lesions on the face. And that's uh, one of his stages, but it was actually intended to be a metaphor for just disease in general. And actually the most specifically the aging process, the way your body just <laughs> kind of falls apart as you get older. Sorry, I skipped that. We got to, he had that weird, like, he had that weird stage where like you thought he was like almost on the verge of death. And then she like came back and he was. Yeah. And then all of a sudden he's like, yeah, he's like hopping around the wall. and wall crawling and yeah. shit. <laughs> Spider-Man up there. <laughs> Probably, okay. Side note on this, dude. If you took out the horror elements there, the whole fucking like him testing out and like figuring out his, that was all superhero shit, dude. That's yeah. every fucking comic book movie that we have nowadays is him, like them doing some weird gymnastics, checking out like how strong they are. Some chick in the background getting fucking wet while she, while he's doing it. <laughs> and fucking, like 
Yo, don't act like you didn't see Gina Davis getting all fucking pumped up watching him doing fucking gymnastic shit and everything like that. She was like, yeah, I'm feeling this shit. <laughs> fucking wrestling. <laughs> but like, it felt, it, it felt very, it, it almost like watching it, it was just like, dude, you wonder if Sam Raimi like took some of the moments from Spider-Man or, you know, that it, that's what it felt like. Not saying like Spider-Man wasn't, didn't exist fucking, you know. Four or you know, thirty years before this and all, but I can see that. Okay. Um. So, did the opening scene hook you in? The opening scene was them just really basically talking, and he's like it, like it, like the um started exactly the way the trailer started with him saying he was going to change the world. Yeah. I mean, if we're going to be honest, I'm pretty sure everybody was hooked in with Goldblum's crazy guys there. Yeah. So, uh... <laughs> Maybe he's a hypnotist. Maybe that's, I mean, that's what that wrong. is. Yeah. That's he's, right. he's just hypnotizing you. You will see this movie. <laughs> but dude, he had them. Bug- he had them eyes fucking just wide eyed, dude. Like, he was just like, like, I, I don't know. I, I usually get creeped out when people do that shit, dude, when they like talk that closely and everything. But Gene Davis, <laughs> you know, she was being so. <laughs> so the answer is yes, then. The answering the yes. opening scene hypnotized yeah. you to watch the movie. Okay, what else? What's next? Uh, best tits slash hottest girl. We got two side boobs in this movie. Uh, the only two girls we saw. Yep. <laughs> Wait, they so, both, they, so, there was both real quick uh, side boob on both of them. So Gina hottest and Tawny with the best titties? <laughs> yeah, I can agree with that. Yeah. 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 Yeah, she she did have a, a, a nice side boobage. Side yeah, movie. but she was definitely a fucking bag face, dude. Like she was a little busted, but you know, she was supposed to be a bar skank. So whatever. yeah, and she looked the part. She looked the part perfectly. She looked yeah, at man. She's you saw her like, a little bit. Yeah. yeah, you looked at her and you're like, "Wow, well, I'm pretty sure I've seen a girl exactly like her at the bar." <laughs> Last call. Yeah. <laughs> um, did the score set the mood, gentlemen? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I'd say so. Yeah. Yeah, it had little uh, operatic tones like it was supposed to. Like, I guess the uh, the opening and last bar of the score throughout the whole movie was actually literally stolen from Madam Butterfly. Really? Yeah. Oh. Uh, best song? Really wasn't any. There's like one song that played in the bar when he broke that guy's arm. Yeah. <laughs> Which that was like... Like those guys were kind of douchey, but they weren't really that douchey. Like, what the hell did they pick on him for? It was like the stupidest fucking thing, too. They were just. It was like that he liked, sh- they like were... they liked he liked sugar or something like that. Like that's what they fucking yet. Yeah, because yeah, he was about. sitting there eating the, the the candy bars. Yeah. Oh, careful! He eats candy bars. <laughs> <laughs> like, really? That's a fucking insult. It's like, fuck yeah, dude! Everybody eats candy bars. Fuck off. Wait, maybe, that doesn't uh, happen to you guys in real life. <laughs> yeah right maybe all the fucking time bro. maybe they're diabetics maybe that's why they were triggered oh maybe <laughs> oh look yeah. at this fucker oh look at me i can eat candy bars yeah fuck you i got diabetes i can't <laughs> candy phobic twice arm snaps so easy <laughs> um favorite character uh grundle grundle fly yeah 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 not a lot definitely not staff as that guy was douche in the movie um, was it scary? No, uh, no, no. Horrific. No, I would say scary. sad more than anything. Yeah. I don't think we're really going to find a lot of these movies scary with the exception of the thing. I think if you. 
<laughs> I didn't spoil that. We're not there yet. I know. <laughs> <laughs> they don't know when it's coming. Continue. So, uh, actually, I think if you look at it from Brundle's point of view, with your whole body falling apart like a disease, it could be scary, but uh-huh. it's not. It's not going to keep you awake at night. No, it's not going to give. You, well, it might give you no. Numbers. I will. It's to me like. And you know what? You said, I think the director said he doesn't really consider it a horror movie. Right. I don't really personally, I wouldn't personally consider it a horror movie either, even though it's kind of like lumped in there. It's more sci-fi than anything. But it's got the effects and everything that would, you know, that does tie it into horror just because they're good. Mm -hmm. And they're just so nasty. Like, But no, it's... uh, it's not it's definitely not scary right like you said like we're not gonna find most of these maybe no. the idea sure but it wasn't like you know there's no jump scares really there's nothing that's just like this crazy transformation that more or less while it's awesome is also like very you know very sad disheartening okay i'm, yeah. I'm not really a big no. fa- i'm not really a big fan of movies with the jump scares to begin with because they're kind of really formulaic and then after you see the jump scare there's nothing to really get you to Again, you know, you see it once, like, yeah. And, and they ruined the look of the fly in the trailer. Like, they showed him, like, full Brundle fly. Uh, yeah. I so, think that the idea is scary, like, if you're in his shoes and, and you have this thing that's happening to you that you can't run from. Right. It's like you can't hide from it. It's just happening no matter what you do. And it just, there's one end to it. So that is scary. But as a as a film sitting there, I don't think... Feeling scared is not there. Okay. Uh, does it hold up today? Absolutely. Oh, hell yeah. Absolutely. Yep. It's an yep. Oscar winning film. Of course it does. <laughs> uh, and it has fucking Goldblum in yeah. it, dude. Like, how could you not love it? Yeah, that's like win-win. Was the acting good or bad? Incredible. Fantastic. Yep. Oh, that was great. Cinematography was wonderful. Uh, it had that 90s feel to it and look to it. Um. I assume you mean 80s because it was filmed in 80s. Oh, 80s. Sorry. No, <laughs> 90s. 80s. Yeah, I had that 80s look to it. Uh, I don't know. It, it's okay. It's not the best film with best sentiments. It's not The Crow. I'll just say that. It's, not it's no, it's not like super artsy in the in the camera direction. I mean, like the shots where he was like on the ceiling and shit, they were cool. It's yeah. not. It's it no was, Angela coming down like, the hallway. Cool. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh premise absolutely yeah it's a great premise yeah 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 it's a really good great sci-fi scientist science going wrong classic yeah so what's the rating for gore and more i will start with a 3.5 uh chad yeah i'll I'll give it a 3.5 that's that's what i was thinking it's right along there transcog i'm gonna go with a four all right. And Brooks. I'll go four two. And that is an even tw- 3.75. 3.75 for the fly. What's the highest reviewed film that we have? Night of Demons. I think that's what we, we really was need it to Demons, keep track. or I thought it was the we crow. Need, we need to keep track. We need to keep track. No, because I rated it super high and you guys were all like, meh. <laughs> no, 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 no. I rated the I thought I rated the crow like three and a half. I thought we I gave were, the like, crow four point like seven or something. I think I gave it three and a half. I don't yeah, remember. Yeah, see, you guys brought me down. 
So, uh, Brooks, talk about vengeance. All right. <laughs> what do you want to hear? Well, what's uh, everything? Where do we go? Whatever from here? you can tell us. I, yeah. To actually, pretend you're not talking to us. You're talking to your audience. I mean, they don't. You're telling people that don't know anything about it. But then again, if they listen to Gordon more, they know they very well know what vengeance is. Oh, good. <laughs> um, well, first, you know, with the fly, the last thing I want to say about that is, is uh, just watching it again for the first time in a long time. It it inspired me in a way that I really wanted to like. If there was a remake or a, another sequel or something, I would absolutely want to be the fly. Like that just looks like a lot of fun. The whole transformation, the whole thing. I like the creature character acting and stuff. So, um, so that was cool. But um, Vengeance, yeah. So Friday the Thirteenth Vengeance. It's a fan film. Um, it takes place. It's a basically a direct sequel to part six. It happens 30 years after part six, where you see, um, you know, Tommy has just chained Jason to the bottom of the lake, um, chewed him up with the boat motor. Uh, or I guess that wasn't Tommy, right? That was, uh, that Megan. Was Megan. Yeah. Yep. But anyway, so this takes place 30 years later. Um, and we introduce Elias Voorhees, Jason's father into this story for the first time, which, Tom McLaughlin was going to try to introduce at the end of part six as well. It just, they never got the chance to film that, but, um, but yeah, so we picked that up. I think it's going to be, I, God, I, I can't wait for people to see it because there's so much I want to say about it. There's so much like exciting concepts that I can't even talk about without giving plot points away. So, well, the trailer looks um, great. Yes. Trailer's amazing. Oh, thank you. Oh yeah. It's on YouTube, Vimeo. If you want to watch a high definition, go to, to Vimeo. Um, but yeah, the trailer just launched a couple weeks ago. Um, and boy, let me tell you, you know, it's, you definitely feel the pressure mm-hmm. when you have all these people and fans who are, who are eager and looking and waiting and stuff. But you know, it, there's a lot of opinionated people out there, um, who, who want to like, and, and also want to hate. Um, but it's been, and I got to see a couple different versions of the trailer before it came out, uh-huh. but, uh, but Dustin, um, our director of photography and editor and Jeremy Brown, the director, they just did a phenomenal job with this trailer and, um, the film as a whole. And are just sitting there watching it. I've just watched it so many times myself over and over again. I don't get sick of it. Um, it came out and we were, we were braced for all the, the hate, you know, we're braced, braced for the haters. Um, the people who, uh, just want to trash on things or, you know, oh, it's popular and so I'm going to hate it or, I like this film, so I'm not going to like yours, whatever it is. And it just didn't come, you know, and we're, we're sitting there looking at it and watching it. And just the feedback has just been overwhelmingly positive. And I think we've had like two people in all this time who, who basically said trash or garbage, which is like, <laughs> you know, okay, well, thank you. Um, but, <laughs> yeah. uh, it's just, it's been amazing. Uh, the reaction, I'm just, I'm just feel very, very lucky, very happy about it that um, that all the work we put into it and all the the love, time, money, effort. I mean, we really you, I mean, you hear it all the time. And it's a little bit cliche. It's like by fans, for fans. Uh, we're putting all of our life into it and dedication and the people working on it. But it's absolutely true. Like we always are like thinking about it as as fans wanting to what we're going to watch, like we've cut things out completely. We've removed things out. We've added things in because it was the right thing to do. Yeah. 
and and the people working on this are just really good fans and they're fucking talented as hell and um i mean we had you know mick strong who um who's, who's in that? the podcast now <laughs> um, <laughs> i mean he was our production designer and, and our assistant director for this thing and he's worked on nightmare on elm street three and four and blade and leatherface and boogie nights and like tons of, of films that and we wanted to have this this 80s kind of throwback feel like get back to the roots we don't want to have like the brand new remake which is yeah. good in its own rights we you know all these modern horror films which kind of get that um that I, there's a feel you know there's a certain feeling and vibe that the modern slashers have yes and we wanted to get that throwback to the 80s where these happened the ones that we grew up with the ones that we loved and and have it be connected to that and feel like it's still part of that universe and we and having mixed drawn was perfect for that you know so um leading our production design and then uh tom mclaughlin he he helped and um gave us some pointers we went through the script with him you know a couple times and he said here's what i would do here's how i've thought about these things here's um where my mind was going with elias and here's some concepts you know that i toyed with uh and he was just an amazing support person as well um and then not not even I mean, it's J. Graham, who played Elias in the film, played Jason in part six. He has been a phenomenal, like, amazing mentor to me this whole time. He calls me up on the phone, texts me all the time, and, and like, how are you doing? And, and um, here's some stuff you're going to go through. Here's some stuff you're going to experience. And, and one of the first conversations I had with him, he, I was down at his house in, in Arizona, and we're just kind of talking, and... Um, and as we're talking, I just, one of the comments I said was, oh yeah, but you're a real Jason. I'm just, you know, I'm just in a fan film. And he's, he stopped me, put his hand on my shoulder. He's like, hold on, wait a minute. No, no, no. You, you're a Jason. You are, are you making a feature length film? Yes. Are you wearing all this makeup and shit? Yes. Are you doing these stunts and, and acting through this whole thing, making a feature film with, for Friday the 13th? Yeah. Then you're a real Jason. You're doing the same exact thing that I did. You're doing the same thing Kane did. You're doing the same thing that Steve did. Everyone, you're doing the same thing. You earn, you're earning that that badge. And I was like, holy shit! Like when you look at it that way, that you know that's a really cool thing to think about. Yeah, it's awesome. So, so he was he was like that. And then Steve, when he went down to film his scenes, he was very much the same way. He, was, he sat on his couch in his living room uh, the first night down there, and uh, and I was telling him a little bit about that. He's asking about um, what. Uh, what I've done to prepare for it, um, what for the role and what, you know, cause he, he's heard that I did the research. I've watched countless hours of behind the scenes footage, interviews with these guys to get in their heads to think, you know, how are you, how are they doing it? And Steve said, you know what? That's bullshit. Throw that shit away. <laughs> he, <laughs> he said, um, and, and like for a moment he dropped his tough guy persona because everyone knows Steve's, Steve's, um, personality. And, but for a moment, he just kind of sat there and looked at me because, can I, can I be honest with you for a second? He's like, yes, please. And he said, if I could give you any advice, throw all that shit away that you learned. Just be yourself. Uh, he says, I've seen it. I see you. I've been watching you. I see you move. I see you walk. I've seen the footage of you. You've got what it takes. You've got it to be a Jason. And he says, the way, if, in my opinion, you are, um, you hold the same honor we all do. And I want you, I want the world to see you as one of us. I want everyone in the world to see you as a Jason, the way they see me, the way they see Kane, the way they see CJ. And he said, and just be yourself because you got it. Don't try to be me. 
He says, do you think CJ looked at me to go be Jason? Do you think Kane looked at CJ? No, they're doing their own thing. And that's what made it special. So do you. And from that point on, I did. And it just stuck with me. So um, it's been like every single person, <laughs> all the talent, all the input has just been phenomenal. And, uh, and it all kind of culminated into this thing. Like there's so many things that kind of got in our way, but led to better opportunities. And it just, it just over time and time again, we just all looked at each other and said, wow, this was meant to be, this was meant to be for whatever reason. Um, anything, anything that seemed to have gone wrong blossomed into something more beautiful. So, um, so yeah, here we are, we're done filming. It's all being edited right now. It comes out this summer and, uh, and we're just really, really excited. And I can't wait for people to, uh, to see it and, uh, um, see what we've done. So. Absolutely, man. Uh, we, we definitely can't wait to see it. Like I said, we love the trailer. It looks fantastic. Thank you. We've been following vengeance for a very long time. Yes. Uh, just really hyped. We've been on that train and it's, it's quite the train to be on. Uh, thank you for coming on this episode. It, it means a lot. And, I, I'm very oh, happy yeah. that we're able to do that and we have that type yeah. of relationship with you guys. Yeah, my pleasure. I'm, I appreciate you guys having me on. But that, yeah. uh, Transcock, anything you want to say before the show's over? Wait, no, we got to do uh, uh, well, we no, a shill. I, 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 oh, sorry, go ahead. We got to shill the network. You want to talk about the network? If you'd like me to. Okay, go for it. All righty. <clears throat> Goremore is brought to you, is all part of the uh, Dubak Discussion Network, home of other great and amazing podcasts, such as the Dubak Discussion Podcast. Your up, your news for, or I'm sorry, your home for <laughs> up-to-date Star Wars news on collectibles, movies, comics, you name it, you got it. Hall of Heroes, podcasts about superheroes, comics, movies, toys. The new, two new podcasts we have, the Jerk the Curtain. Yeah. All with your all about up to date wrestling, TJ. Yes. Uh, his new baby, one of his new babies. Yes. And uh, the newest one is uh, down the rabbit hole with TJ and Nick Strong, which I believe is uh, pretty much just kind of like a random podcast, right, buddy? Uh, open like, format. You guys just talk about anything. whatever the fuck you want to do. Uh, it's it's evolved nice. into uh, story time with like me guiding the story. Uh, with Mick. <laughs> it's, okay. It's quite amazing. Uh, I come up with topics and Mick calls me throughout the week and he has what he calls uh, like it, whatever comes it, it's in case if anything leaks out, he, he wants me to be able to catch it for him. Uh, I'm his idea. <laughs> can, uh, so can, can we talk about the thing that he set up for you uh, for us or for you guys at least or uh, about where uh, potentially we are syndicated now? Oh, no, we can talk about that. Uh, yeah, we'll talk about the here. But with that is uh, he'll call me throughout the week. He'll tell me ideas of what he wants to talk about on shows. And I write it down. And then at the end of the week, I do show notes on Thursday. And we pretty much just put a different bunch of different topics. We have a bunch of different little skits in there. And we just go from there. And it's uh, he tells stories. I give my two cents, what I see on different topics. And then uh, we, we hit record. And it's it's quite a good time. Mick is an endless vault of nice. amazing stories. And of course it's not nonstop laughs like the name of the show oh, is, yeah. is come for the bunny, stay for the funny. It's, <laughs> it's great. <laughs> yeah. Any, anytime, anytime with make a story time and it's fantastic. Yes. Uh, yeah. So you're never not entertained, but I, I did like, I just wanted to uh, personally thank 
Mr. Brooks for joining us. Uh, it's been awesome, man. Uh, like the other guy said, we're super excited for the film. We can't wait. And uh, glad you could just take the time, man, to just, you know, enjoy this movie with us and let you know what you think about it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for having me on. I really I really do appreciate it. Oh, we really enjoyed having you on here, man. We really appreciate it. taking time out of your yeah. day, coming and talking to a couple schlubs like us. <laughs> yeah, anytime. For real. <laughs> anytime. But you can find all our great podcasts on DoBackDiscussion.net and visit our Tee Public for all of our merch and that sweet Gormore t-shirt. Uh, hats to come, pins to come. Also visit us at Steel City Comic Con August 9th through 11th and visit the Dubak Vengeance booth it will be awesome. And remember, all proceeds go to Shriners Children's Hospital. But thank you guys for vis- uh, joining us on another episode of the Gormore Podcast. This is your host, TJ Bowser. Wait, 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 wait. Before you got to, uh, you have to promote our next episode. Our next episode is what? Our next episode will be in two weeks. It will be Hellraiser. Hellraiser. Yes, we are doing Hellraiser. It's oh, Hellraiser. That's how the, the that's exactly how the episode's gonna end too. Uh, <laughs> I actually met Doug Bradley. That's <laughs> that's gonna be a cool show. Did he have such sights to show you? Oh, he did. <laughs> or if it's this show, it's to tell you. Uh, <laughs> but yes, next episode Hellraiser that will be that'll be in two weeks because I'm on vacation. The next first, week. the first. Yes, the first. Yeah. Okay, we'll do it the first. But there'll be interviews released from since then. I got one on Tuesday, which is tomorrow, and I got an Andrew Lightly one that I need to drop still. Uh, and I'll set more up. Me and Brooks are working on one as well. Uh, it's it's pretty big. Thank you for that. Uh, <laughs> you bet. Yeah. And uh, if I can throw out one last thing, if you guys don't mind, absolutely. Uh, any 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 listeners that are in the uh, discussion group. If you guys got ideas, I, this has been brought up before, but, you know, I, we, we love them. You guys got ideas or things you want us to talk about on the show, throw them out there, man. We, we love to hear the feedback. Anything you guys got, let us know. Much. And uh, if you're not part of the Facebook group, join it. Yes, it is a hoot and a half. Uh, we love discussing all sorts of things, horror from monsters to slashers mostly slashers for me and <laughs> sci-fi horror uh yeah go in there post whatever you want as long as it's not your own content uh <laughs> <laughs> yeah you can't show your own shit yeah that, that's our job uh jared is trying to reach the rank of master shill so we got to help him get there did you see his, that funny video of him posting of uh him going down a slide that was oh my not God. made for him and the <laughs> Running into the fence. Yes. <laughs> oh, dude. <laughs> Fuck the fence. I was thinking about just the fucking knee burns on the co- on the concrete, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it looked nasty. But that's all for this episode. For the third time, that's TJ Bowser signing off. Chad Christmas signing off. And don't forget, Child's Play comes out in the theaters this weekend. Friday. Transcog. Big Johnny D signing off. And Brooks. Hey, thank you very much. So you two, um, dig up, dig up dinosaurs? Oh. oh. Try to. Yo.
Dig up, dig up dinosaur? Oh. Uh, 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 uh. 